Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Brendan Escott with you this evening on Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you have ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers Now sent you. Training camp for the Oilers begins officially tomorrow, Wednesday, and then Thursday they hit the ice for the first time. So certainly uh, the buzz has been in the air since they arrived in town after Labor Day, and it has not dissipated, and I don't that, expect that it will uh, at any point this year. Certainly, as they drive toward uh, a Stanley Cup that I think most people around the league think they are very much in contention for. We bring aboard uh, one of our regular contributors here on Tuesdays this season on Oilers Now. He's a former NHL player, a first overall pick at that. He's been an agent, he's been a general manager, and now we like to call him one of our own. He's brought to you by Wow Factor Desserts indulge with their premium lineup, including heavenly cakes, cheesecakes, so much more. Uh, check out the complete lineup now at wowfactordesserts.com. It's Brian Lawton jumping aboard the show. Brian, you're on with Brendan. How's it going tonight? Fantastic, Brendan. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, obviously getting really excited about the big guys coming to camp, but the Oilers did spend some time down in Penticton at one of the four uh, prospects tournaments that takes place across the NHL. A 1-1 and 1 record, Brian, and I think you and Bob probably talked about this last week, but certainly a different era of, uh, of hockey in the Oilers system, and that's because so many of them are up contributing for the big club right now. So not surprising to see them drop their first game in regulation there since 2013. No, not surprising at all. And you see this with organizations as they go through cycles. Uh, one of the challenges for Edmonton is their team continues to get better will be to do it at the top level, but also to try to feed that system from below because that will be crucial. I don't have any doubts they're going to go on a really good run as an organization. But what's always in doubt is how long you can sustain it. And we've seen that with a lot of other examples around the league. Teams like Tampa have done a nice job. Chicago did it for their run. Pittsburgh did it for their run, but they're trying to get back there. Uh, The Oilers are at the very tip of the iceberg in terms of starting a run like that, in my opinion. Uh, seeing the addition of a guy like Jaden Groob, uh, but really there's there's so many just camp invites. And Brian, can you talk about supplementing a roster or the depths, I guess, the things you have to unturn in terms of finding these, maybe not a diamond in a rough, but certainly contributors in an era where Edmonton is either not picking at all or they're picking incredibly late in these drafts? Yeah, it's not easy. All the teams have gotten so much better. I used to feel like there was a lot of low-hanging fruit, uh, particularly in the last five years. You know, as you look around the league and you think about players that were potentially available at the NHL level, uh, Carter Verhage comes to mind. Michael Bunting in Toronto. Uh, You could still kind of find a guy that could come into your lineup in the right role and really thrive. Um, Those days are getting much, much more difficult to wrangle in, and I only think it's going to get harder. So you got to be more creative. I think that Jeff Jackson will have a big say in helping in that area uh, in the future for this Edmonton Oilers team. I think Ken Holland has done a great job in terms of doing what he's supposed to do. 
bringing in the right players at the pro level, managing the assets effectively. Uh, everything's worked well. The toughest times are ahead, though, to keep it going, in my opinion. For sure. And now, as we chat with Brian Lawton uh, for Wow Factor Desserts, now that's going to fall in the plate of Rick Pracy, who Bob had an exclusive one-on-one with yesterday. What do you know about Rick's body of work? Uh, I mean, aside from, I guess, what he you know did to, toward the top of the draft in Colorado being uh, the obvious stuff, but in terms of you know a guy that would maybe have a different uh, perspective to offer than what Edmonton has been um, working with over the last several years. What do you know? It's very difficult to judge people because it is very random. Obviously, you know, picking a Kel McCarr at number four versus, you know, somebody at 32 is hard to evaluate that or somebody later in the first round, for instance. Um, But for me, it's all about process. I've interviewed a lot of people for these roles and that's what I'm always looking at. You need somebody that's willing to differentiate themselves from the rest of the pack. I believe that Edmonton has acquired that with his hire. I think that's going to be a real positive for them down the road. Uh, but you're still always in a role that's very, very random and not easy. And in order to properly evaluate people in that role, I think you've got to give them a number of years to see what they can do. So uh, the past history is strong. That's the number one thing in Rick's favor. Uh, Can he continue that in Edmonton? He's going to be challenged because I don't see him picking very high. That's a good thing for the organization. That'll be a challenge for him. But, you know, I look at the Minnesota Wild with Judd Brackett and what he's been able to do coming over from Vancouver where he had a similar type track record. Another guy with a really strong process. Uh, If that gives us any peek into the future, I think it's going to be really good for Edmonton. I, I've been querying the listeners this this evening just about questions that they have coming into this training camp for about the Oilers, but in reality, I, there's there's not a ton of question marks this year for this team. I mean, if if you had a you know something that you needed answered in the training camp, I mean that that storyline to me in years past would have been a lot stronger than this year. So, what what are you sort of hoping that if dust is going to settle in the next week, are you, are you looking for anything to change for Edmonton? Are you looking for, I guess, somebody to establish themselves as a third or fourth fourth line center? Uh, excuse me, some, something along those lines. What catches your eye? Definitely not looking for anything major to change. I think it is what it is at this point. I do think there'll be changes, but I think they won't occur for at least 90, 120 days at the earliest for the Oilers. I think what you see on paper is what you can expect barring some kind of really unfortunate luck in terms of injuries. The big storylines for me, though, it's in your young players. It's in Dylan Holloway. Can he step it up another level? Can he be the player that, you know, they hoped for when they selected him in the teens in the first round? Uh, Philip Broberg, he's another guy. Those are the two biggest points of interest for me watching this team. What are they going to get out of these two players who appear ready to be able to contribute in a meaningful way. If they can, I think it's going to shape the future of what happens with Edmonton down the road. If they don't, I think it's going to force Edmonton into a position of considering moving more of those top assets. Uh, It obviously would be much better if they could still do that and use those assets to improve in other areas. But rest assured, between the coaching staff and the general manager, 
there's going to be some tense moments. Hopefully both Dylan and Phillip can establish themselves early on and put that to rest for the club because if they do, and look out for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I, I really believe the same thing, particularly of Broberg and what a make-and-break deal or a year it is for him. But in a lot of ways, Brian, that's because I believe that there's going to be interest out there from other teams if you wanted to package him for something a little more immediate. Then you, you lose the cost control factor of that and Broberg being such a cheap asset. So certainly he's, he's one that uh, we can all keep our eyes on. Is it going to be a situation, in your opinion, where they're, they're playing him an awful lot in the preseason, like trying to get the minutes up over 20 a game and really turning them loose? 100%. And you see this a lot with young guys. I went through this myself as a rookie, even in my really my first three years in the NHL, where my playing time was just so high in the preseason, and you get to the regular season and you get cut back, and it can be a real shock. Um, in Phillip's case, I think the club is all in invested in having him play I think there is space for him to grab a bigger role. He's going to get that opportunity in training camp. If he responds, then I think that'll certainly start. The Oilers will start the season that way. And then they'll monitor it game to game for about 20 games. It takes about that long for coaches to really feel confident with a player. Um, What do I think will happen? I think that's exactly what will happen. I think it's hard to be a defenseman in this league. Uh, Broberg is... To me, he looks like a guy that's ready to take that next step. He's got all the attributes. I don't see why he won't. I think he'll get. I think the Oilers understand that they need to get him in the lineup to help him get his game up to a level where it can contribute and give him exactly what you said, Brendan, some cost certainty, something that can allow them to reach much higher heights. Less than 70 NHL games played so far since he was drafted. Eighth overall in 2019. We're chatting with our headliner today, Brian Lawton. He's brought to you tonight by uh, Wilhawk Beef Jerky. The best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Of course, he joins us every week for our friends at Wow Factor Desserts. Now, there's some contract uncertainty on other Canadian teams entering this season, Brian. Whether it's Calgary with the likes of Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, Michael Backland in Winnipeg. They've got Shifley on an expiring deal and Connor Hellebuck as well. How about William Nylander and what's going to happen there in Toronto? So I think Edmonton can be, you know, I guess relish in the fact that at least not this year, they worried too much about one of these big cats walking away. Are you, I guess when you look at the names like Lindholm and Shifley and, and Hellebuck, maybe we'll start in Winnipeg and I'll ask you which of those two is is likely, you know, least likely maybe to return. I think that Connor Hellebuck has made it pretty clear that uh, he would prefer to play somewhere else. I don't see it working out for him there. I think that Winnipeg is going to do the really prudent thing, which is to see how the team starts off, evaluate it throughout the year. I don't see as many people that are willing to go the Columbus route. Everybody remembers a year with Panarin and Bobrovsky where they hung in there. They had an incredible first round, beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, and those guys left. And I felt like their team hasn't recovered since then. Uh, I, a lot of general managers, when you talk to them, there's a strong disdain for going that route. So, you know, in Hannafin's case and Lynn Holmes' case and Hellebuck's case and Shifley's case, 
I really, truly believe that all those players are a little bit more undecided than I've seen players in the past, that they are just a little bit more open to the possibilities of playing in other places. Uh, I think Calgary really made some strong efforts to try to get their guys locked up. It didn't happen. That's a strong message. Certainly that uh, Craig Conroy better be prepared to find the best deal you can, and you can't always count on that coming right at the deadline. It's such an interesting time to be a free agent as well because we all have an idea of how much the salary cap is going to increase, but I'm not about to sign for eight years knowing that if I'm in the prime of my career or about to be, that that dollar value could go up a couple million a season in theory. Um, Now, again, I'll sort of frame it this way. So Toronto with William Nylander, obviously they'd love to keep the guy, but they've got a whole heck of a lot invested in very few players. Can they afford to keep him? Him without moving somebody else out, in your opinion? It's going to be really tight whether or not they can make that happen. And I think they'll be just like Winnipeg and Calgary. They'll evaluate along the way. They were fortunate. Nylander really hit new plateaus last year. I think his value is sky high. Uh, I think Brad Treleving clearly knows he was brought in to go deeper in the playoffs to try to get to the promised land tough to do you know it's like trying to grow a business it's hard to grow a business when you're cutting (laughs) expenses well that's what it is with players like William Nylander it's hard to reach the finals it's hard to go further in the playoffs when you're having to cut players like that so I don't think that's a first choice in Toronto I think that Nylander unlike maybe some of the other examples has no problem staying in Toronto and would love to stay in Toronto but at the same time the business aspect comes into play and that is I'm not going to stay in Toronto for a fraction of what I can get somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I'll be fascinated to see how that plays out. But there's a lot to unpack with that one. I think both parties are willing. It's just, are they going to play well enough? Is the GM going to make the decision? we got to go in and all in on this guy. Do we believe the cap is going to go up enough where we can make it work? All things that I think are still unanswered. A couple more questions here for Brian Lawton, brought to you each week by Wow Factor Desserts. Uh, No captaincy for Chicago this year. Braden Chen will appropriately be the 24th captain of the St. Louis Blues. Kind of a no-brainer there, entering his seventh season. Uh, But Chicago going to shelter Connor Bedard for a season. Probably not a bad idea, though we have seen them in past put the C on a very young uh, Jonathan Taves as well. So um, do you think that some of the things that have gone on in the last couple of years it was maybe just in everybody's best interest to give him an easier introduction so to say for his first year in the NHL I think so I think Chicago's made some really strong steps to try to protect Connor he is the future of their club Uh, they recognize that he's already shown well in the mini camps so to speak the rookie tournaments uh Fantelli has as well for that matter but in Connor's case uh it's hard to explain, you know, when you come in that young, you may be as talented as a lot of the other guys, but mentally it's still a challenge. I don't care who you are. There's more preparation now. Kids are more prepared than ever, but it's still a challenge. And you don't want to try to force a young player into something that's above their level, particularly a guy that's been labeled as a superstar. Uh, Connor's going to do great. I think Fantelli's going to do great for that matter. I think these kids are legitimate star players on their teams in time. So I really like what Chicago's done. Uh, I think both of them are going to have excellent seasons. 
I think Fantelli has a chance to end up the number one center in Columbus, which would do a lot for their organization if he could fill that role as near as by the end of this year. In Bedard's case, I think it's going to take a few years for them to rebuild the organization to where you really see him being an impact player. Don't forget Sid Crosby had a great rookie season, did not make the playoffs. I could see something like that happening for Bedard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Columbus and obviously the elephant in the room of the NHL the last week, week and a half has been the investigation. Mike Babcock, uh, no longer a member of the organization. They mutually part ways, but that uh, there, there was no path forward as uh, it was termed after the league's investigation into this. So you talk about Adam Fantilli and his potential with the, the club to you know really take a, an immediate step forward. I get the sense that he was probably part of a younger group that maybe maybe didn't understand the tactics of Mike Babcock. Um, are you surprised uh, that he was able to get past the checks and balances of the hiring process in a sense that, uh, you know, it got to this point where Columbus had to jump on a grenade before the season even started? I mean, how did how did this happen, Brian, I guess is, is the short question. You know, those are good questions. It's It's been really fascinating to watch. I mean, what's going on in this particular case? You're seeing it going on all over the world. People accusing people of things. We don't necessarily get all the facts um, for what Mike is accused of doing. I don't condone that type of behavior. I think you've got to understand coming into the game now that it's all about the players and how they feel. And a lot of guys don't like to admit this, but it's not the same as when people like myself were playing a long, long time ago. The treatment is different. Um, players have much, much more say in today's world than they did back then. That's just the reality of it. And you have to respect that. And the guys that are really doing a great job in this league do. In Mike's case, it's hard for me to comment because I like Mike Babcock. I've been friends with him in the past. My experiences have been really good with him. I don't like what I'm hearing, but I don't really know what's true. And it does bother me. I wish more information had been released. But ultimately, Columbus made a really strong decision. They've got an excellent team. They've got three really good defensemen, if you look at it, between Varensky, Proveroff, and Severson. They've got three veteran centers in Jenner, Rosselvik, and Corrali. If Fantelli can somehow fill that void as a top guy, then they can do a lot of work to putting all this behind them. But it's not going to be easy. It's a lot of ifs. Merzlikens is going to have to have a real strong year. Um, I'm going to be fascinated to see how that one plays out. A part of me doesn't love the world right now and a lot of the piling on that we saw with this with Mike Babcock. And I only say that because I have done a lot of investigation into this and nobody's been able to really completely convince me or clarify what went on. You have to trust that the people in charge there felt that it was worthy of making a change. That's a big statement and that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the insight a lot, Brian. We will connect with you next Tuesday, okay? Fantastic. Thank you for having me on. Brian. Absolutely. That's Brian Lawton for our friends at Wow Factor Desserts. Every Tuesday night, he'll join us throughout the hockey season. I'll remind you that all season long, the James H. Brown, or pardon me, the injury report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Back at Oilers now in just a moment. Appreciate that, Connor, but it's actually Brendan Escott tonight. Bob's back tomorrow, though, and... uh
Well, I don't think he'll be live at training camp. Training camp will be over by the time we're on the air. But he will be in this chair, and he'll be telling you everything that he saw out of the team in Penticton. And then tomorrow, it's the big group getting all the physicals and the off-ice stuff out of the way so that Thursday, they can hit the ground running. Reminder, our first Oilers action here on 6.30 chat of the season, it's not even a week away. Sunday, the 24th, the Winnipeg Jets and Oilers square off 4 o'clock here on these very airwaves. Don't miss your chance to join an exciting road trip down to Nashville, Tennessee. Watch the Oilers play the Predators. This package includes nonstop airfare with Flair Airlines, four nights in a deluxe hotel near all the action, lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with Bob and special guests as well. You can experience all that Music City USA has to offer this October. It's coming right up on the Nashville road trip. Call New West Travel today go online if you can to newwesttravel.com okay rob brown has attended many an nhl training camp we'll try and we'll try and get his input not only on what he expects out of the oilers but uh, maybe a funny story or two when we come back here it's brendan escott keeping you company for another hour after a global news weather traffic update